Welcome to Financial R&R, a show dedicated to financial insurance and risk management solutions and trends shaping the market today. Here are your hosts, Ron Boris and Ryan Farnsworth. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Ron Boris. I'm here with Ryan Farnsworth, and this is the Financial R&R. We're really excited to have with us today as a repeat guest, Steve Chappelle, who leads our legal and claims group at Alliant, and probably the newest member of our team, Peter Kelly. Peter joined us about a month or so ago. He's an attorney and he's going to be our new policy wording attorney working in Steve's group and kind of working with our clients and our brokers and, and everybody on, on all things sort of policy wording related. So welcome to Alliant officially, Peter. They, they say you don't officially join Alliant until you're on the financial R&R. So this is your official debut and we're looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah, thanks for the introduction, Ron. Peter, yeah, we're thrilled to have you. One of the ways that we're going to kind of deliver Peter's product and contribution is through better and more innovative wording. Peter is going to step in here, work alongside me and, and members of the team, and really lead innovation thought leadership, which translates nicely into better and more products for our clients. So Peter, thrilled to have you. Couldn't be happier for you to join the team, and you're already making significant contributions. So thank you and welcome. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Glad to join the Alliant team. Peter, Peter, why don't you take a couple seconds to talk about where you come from? I think that gives some additional color on you know how you'll fit in this team. Absolutely. I was uh, in private practice working in insurance defense coverage and focused a lot on DNO, but touched on a lot of different financial lines. So I was kind of on the dark side. So I'm excited to kind of step over and, and join you guys. And we've been talking about instead of saying no, 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 we now get to say yes, yes, yes. And I think that's always a good feeling. <laughs> Peter's being kind, right? And throwing me a bone because I, I, I like to tease and say that people we bring over from insurance companies and carrier defense firms and coverage firms, we're saving them from the dark side. So thanks for that bone, Peter. So I guess one of the things to talk about real quick, Peter, who took you and threw you in the deep end is some of the developments that's really has gotten a lot of attention out of Nevada. So why don't you talk a little bit about that and where that's at? Yeah, Assembly Bill 398 was passed and then signed by the governor in Nevada. And little unusual, the law basically outlaws defense within the limits. So defense costs would not erode the limits. And obviously there are some major ramifications because essentially you could have a lot of the concerns that our clients have are, are the defense costs. That's kind of why the policy is there is to help them cover what can be sometimes the most significant part of a claim. And what's odd about it is that Nevada passed this law apparently without doing any sort of Googling because several other jurisdictions, not many, but other jurisdictions had passed similar legislation and quickly realized that there are some terrible ramifications and had to scramble to make amendments to create carvebacks or, or you know exceptions to the DNO and the ENO and the cyber and professional liability and take that out of the defense within the limits because otherwise you, they just couldn't get insurance. One of the first to do it was Quebec and they were kind of the most painful because companies had to look to re-domicile outside of Quebec because they were unable to get coverage New Mexico and Louisiana, similarly, and they quickly realized, you know, we need to address this. And that's what Nevada now has had to do. They were supposed to take effect in October. And then July 20th, they had an emergency regulation of the Commissioner of Insurance, um, you know, basically telling the governor and the governor signed off on it, you know, that this is a major problem. And somehow whoever wrote the legislation and then they voted on it and then the governor signed it, nobody stopped to maybe think about the possible ramifications. And I think it's an important lesson in 
you know, reaching out to the stakeholders when you're going to draft legislation like this, figure out how this is actually going to affect the industry. And in this case, it was potentially going to be disastrous, but you know, it looks like at this point they're, they're aware. So, so if I'm understanding this correctly, you know, we know our policies have aggregate limits and typically those limits are inclusive of the defense expenses. This proposal to get legislation, would it be essentially giving policyholders unlimited defense expenses? Like how would, how would that work? Yeah. Yes. They would get a blank check to just, you know, run up as much defense costs as they want and it would not erode the limits of the, of the policy. Yeah. How would, would work, Ron, right? Policy of insurance for a public company in, stuck in shareholder class action litigation, some of which, you know, spend $100 million in defense. Some entities may become uninsurable if this would take effect, right? It would be truly disastrous. It's not well thought out. Unfortunately, it's decisions and legislation that focuses on really small CGL type insurance for small and middle market entities. It really absolutely unequivocally failed to take any input and comments from anybody as to the ramifications, right? I've had you know countless interactions with insurance companies since this, and no one's happy. Insurance companies are correctly puzzled and freaking out about placing policies of insurance with Nevada as an address or Nevada as a state of incorporation. It's very concerning. So, so help me understand this. So as we know, our programs are built in many cases in layers. So you have a primary carrier and then a first excess and a second excess. So, so let's just say for illustrative uh, purposes, you have three carriers, each offering $10 million of capacity, $30 million program. Primary 10, 10x of 10, 10x of 20. Claim comes in, they start paying defense expenses. Is the primary carrier on the hook potentially for all of the, like, like how does it go through the tower? I mean, to your point, Steve, I, I think while on one end, the, the state of Nevada may be thinking that this is a great proposal for policyholders. It's not a great proposal for policyholders if no insurer is willing to insure a business in the state of Nevada. And I, I would think that's potentially the ramification here. Yeah, exactly, Ron. And that's why we're looking to solve it, right? It's, you know, some of the solutions are interesting. Insurance commissioner there responded promptly, and I'll say appropriately, right, in working with the governor, but this is legislation. And does the governor have authority then to sign legislation and then negate its effect? How do we do this? And, and the additional challenges, Nevada legislators are not back in session until something like 2025. It's a very odd, unique timing. So stay tuned, right? You know, Peter and I have got our finger on the pulse of this thing and we're, and we're continuing to figure out, can the governor and the insurance commissioner realistically, you know, solve this kind of unintended consequence here? Yeah, and I think, you know, hopefully the, the emergency regulation, I think is good until November. So it's definitely a placeholder and they're going to try to figure out what they're going to do with this. I know like in Louisiana, that when they did amendments, they allowed for waiver as long as you had conspicuous notice in the policy that you were waiving or specific carve-outs. Or I think they also said that, you know, the, the insurance commissioner is allowed to make categories that it won't apply to. So those are just some of the options that Nevada has. The question is, what are the direction are they going to take it? Fascinating development. You can't make this stuff up sometimes, but I guess that's why we have Steve and Peter on our team to help us make sense of these issues. And ultimately, it's what the policies say that determines how the insurance is responsive. And that's why your part of our team is so critical for us going forward, because truly the words do matter, right? These types of regulations do matter. 
and we want to ensure that our clients have that contract certainty within their policy so they know what they're buying, they know where coverage can be expected to respond. Peter already followed up with me earlier today with a couple of my clients and saying, hey, let me let me take a, a crack at these policies that are coming up for renewal. Let's start digging our heels in and, and understanding where we need to improve, how we need to be better based on cases that we're seeing and claims that we're experiencing. So it's just yet another way that Alliance is trying to help our clients find that more rewarding way to manage risk. And that's through insurance policies and, and effective policy language. So, so thrilled to have you, Peter. Look forward to hearing more from you in coming podcasts and working together with you. And hard to believe it or not, we just entered the month of August, right? And by the time some people hear this, it, it'll be getting towards the end of summer and, and we'll start thinking about making Thanksgiving and Christmas plans and holiday plans as we get towards the end of the year. And there's no more favorite topic perhaps than Steve Chappelle tracking securities class action claims as we go throughout the course of the year and, and the lawsuits. So I would love, Steve, while you're with us, Here's some of your takeaways now that we're more than halfway done through the year. What are we seeing from a securities class action activity perspective? And what can we expect perhaps uh, between now and the end of the year? What are the hotspots? Yeah. So the good news, right? One, one of the things I find very favorable for this year is the severity for cases settled the first half of this year is down, right? And I'll say it's down dramatically, right? To a median of 21 million versus last year, a median of something like 39 million. So that's dramatic reduction, right? Last year, total settlement of shareholder class actions exceeded $4 billion. This year, I mean, for first half of the year, it's something like 735, $740 million. So that's really good news. The severity down, the frequency, one of the things that's, you know, interesting is you know, frequency has ticked up a little bit this year. It's not alarming. It's not like, you know, some of the years in the past where we, you know, two, three hundred shareholder class action settlements. Right now we're on a pace for 170, 175, you know, shareholder class action suits, which will be a substantial tick up from last year. Again, with the severity being down, it's manageable, right? And then the other comment I'd make for first half of the year is who are their targets? Technology is always a favorite of the plaintiff's bar. They, they love technology and they typically love healthcare and pharmaceutical, but it's interesting. So healthcare, health technology, pharmaceutical, and financial services have kind of flip-flopped so far this year, where almost a quarter of shareholder class action suits involve public companies in the financial sector versus healthcare, which is ticked down from you know, almost 30% last year to 13% this year. It's an interesting change in frequency against particular sectors. And while there's a number of crypto claims this year, which will fall into that finance category, it is less than, it, and it's trending to be, you know, half of what it was last year. So we're, we're, we're going to keep our eye on that frequency and that sector pretty carefully. And dismissal rate remains pretty high, right? The dismissal rate is hovering around 60%. Resolved cases in the last two years are, you know, 60% dismissal and 40% settlement rate. So it's trending in a positive way. And I think the DNO marketplace is reflecting kind of positive trends in the frequency and severity. That's great. Like I said, this is something you and your team keep a very close finger uh, on the pulse of. I, I know firsthand how valuable uh, your perspective and insight and, and knowledge of this is, is to our clients. Securities class action litigation filings, frequency of, of filings and severity of loss historically has been a barometer for the DNO market. 
you know, something that, that we will continue to keep our listeners very up to date with and, and, and current on because it's, it's super important. So Peter, I have one last question for you uh, before we wrap. I'm a huge college basketball fan. Didn't think you were going to get away with a financial R&R uh, session without talking about the fact that you've earned your law degree from the University of North Carolina. I happen to be a huge Tar Heels fan. So any inside scoop on what the basketball team is going to look like this year? Because you couldn't have failed more miserably from expectations last year, being the number one team in the country preseason to not making the big tournament. So any parting words for our listeners on college basketball and in particular your expectations for the Tar Heels this year? I mean, that was absolutely heartbreaking and unbelievable. And my wife actually went to Duke, so she was happy to rub it in. So yeah, we're a house divided in, in that respect. But, you know, I think, you know, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be angry. They, I think it should be a great season. They have a lot to motivate them for sure after, after last year. Well, just remind your wife that uh, we beat Coach K twice in his last season, first to, to end his ACC season and second to end his his, his coaching career. So Coach K, if you're listening, the financial R&R, we have a lot of respect for you, but we believe Carolina Blue on the financial R&Rs. But with that, Peter, Steve, thanks for joining Ryan and I. Uh, for those of you listening and, and want to know more about what we're building, what we're doing here at Alliant when it comes to financial institutions, you can visit our website at www.alliant.com. goes without saying, Peter, we are thrilled to have you as part of our team. I'm really excited to get you working with our clients and uh, hope to have you again on the show at, at some point in the near future.